Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. This is the big game pregame, Iowa. <laughs> Before we get into this bad boy, let's go ahead and do the uh, the housekeeping. Um, guys, I'm on all social media. I'm on all social media. I'm on Twitter, IG, uh, Facebook fan page, and YouTube, obviously, because that's where you're watching me right now. So guys, go ahead and like, subscribe, hit whatever you got to hit. Just follow me. Be a Michigan maniac. Be a silent majority. Be a silent uh, majority. Be a maniac. Be whatever you want to be. But let's just make this the greatest podcast ever. I mean, our numbers are up. Our numbers are looking fantastic. And it's all due because of you. But with that, if you guys go to Apple Podcasts or the Michigan uh, Maniac fan page on Facebook and rate and review or on Apple Podcasts, just rate or review, right? Um, I will send you one of these bad mammer. Well, actually, I'll send you a few of these bad mammer jammers. Uh, it's a clear sticker. It's just white background for, for the sticker part. Anyways. Hit me up, DM. I'll send it out to you. Thank you so much. I mean, it, it wouldn't be possible without you guys. Well, actually, it would be. I would just be talking to myself. You know what I mean? I mean, my family actually thanks you for uh, listening to me because I'm sure they got tired of it. And I know everyone on Facebook got tired of me giving my hot takes about Michigan. So um, let's get into this, right? So apparently... Uh, we're going to play in Champions Week. Very exciting, right? Woo, Champions Week. Um, now, apparently the Big Ten, just it, they're just going to fuck everything up. I guess they just decide, well, we're just going to screw everything up. We're going to do whatever we can to make it. We're going to say one thing, and then we're going to go completely against it, right? You have to be able to play six games. Before you can play in the Big Ten title game. Oh, Ohio State doesn't play six games. Well, well, you know, okay, they are the best. They did beat Indiana. So let's, you know, we'll just change the rules. So now you can just have five games. Okay, Champions Week. Hey, guys, it's one versus one and two versus two and the all the way down on each division. Ah, well. Well, then we realize, holy shit, no one wants look at look at some of the matchups if how it would have gone down the way they did it. Okay? You would have had um Michigan State, Nebraska. No one and their mother would watch that game. You would have had Michigan, Illinois, I mean we would have, and well, let's be honest. Okay, no one wants to watch most of these shit games because no one cares about most of these teams. The There's three teams overall in this whole conference. Four. I'll give it four teams in this whole conference that people will watch. Will watch. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They'll watch it. Michigan, we get watched by people who love them, who love us. And also, we get hate-watched more than a beautiful girl on Instagram. Then, like, fat people watching beautiful people on Instagram, we get hate-watched more than that. That's what, I mean, I'm telling you. People love to hate-watch us. So no matter who we play, people are going to watch. Then you got Ohio State, obviously. And then you've got Penn State, and I would even say Wisconsin. 
Outside of that, good luck. No one knows who the hell you are in the Big Ten. Get out of here. Okay, maybe Nebraska, only because what else do you have to do in Nebraska than watch Husker football? You know what I mean? Like, and that's a, they've been so bad for so long, which scares me because I think we're on this almost on the same road if we don't do anything here soon. But still, maybe Nebraska. Maybe people will watch Nebraska play somebody. I, I'm not convinced. But, I mean, I, was, I grew up in Denver, Colorado, so I've seen the Big 8 and I've seen the Big 12, and Nebraska was a part of that. So I've seen Nebraska football my whole life. So I do know Nebraska rates. I just don't know now because they're so god-awful. But, once again, this shows you that the Big 10, the B in the Big 10, the B1G, stands for Buckeye. That's the only thing that the B that the B stands for in this because it's like, huh? Well, we're going to change the rules for the Buckeyes, and then also, how can we screw over Michigan? That's right. We'll make them play Iowa. I don't know how that works in this formula, but yeah, Iowa sounds right. Yeah, because people are just the the excuse they give is outrageous. They're like, oh well, we got to accommodate for for the rivalries that didn't happen. Really? Accommodate for the rivalries. Do you know of any great rivalries in this this uh, Big Ten conference that weren't accommodated, that could have maybe been played on a Sunday, say, maybe Michigan-Ohio State? But we didn't do any of that. But we got to make sure. Let's, we've got to make sure that the, the, uh, the Indiana-Purdue rivalry. Oh, my God. The Indiana-Purdue rivalry. We've got to make sure that's played. Oh, what will we do if Indiana and Purdue don't face each other? Oh, because, you know, major networks are paying a billion dollars so people will watch Indiana Purdue. Indiana Purdue. That's what that's what's really moving the needle nowadays. Indiana Purdue. Really? That's what you just get out of here. Just say Big Ten. Kevin Warren, just say, you know what? Ohio State spreads, cracks our cheeks, and goes balls deep into our hoo-ha because we are in bed with them 100%. We will do anything that the overlord Ohio State Buckeyes want. Whatever makes them happy and whatever screws over Michigan because they've been doing it to, since 2016. JT was short. He will always be short. It's never been right. They, they had fucking four or five referees that were the biggest I mean they were all presidents of the Buckeye fan club of, of the West Coast chapter East Coast chapter Midwest chapter South chapter whatever chapter you can have for the Buckeyes that's what all those presidents were in the the referees for that game in 2016 and now they're continuing to screw us over oh yeah now listen I want us to kick the living crap out of Iowa. I think we can do it. I don't care. Iowa's gone on a six-game winning streak. And some disturbing stuff, by the way. Iowa, by the way, here's some common opponents, okay? Iowa beat Michigan State. You know how they beat them? They beat them 49-7. to 49-7! We couldn't even beat them because we are using the Wildcat! Woo! We couldn't do it. But hey, there, there we are. You know, they beat him 49. They figured out the complex defense and the and the amazing downfield passing of Rocky Lombardi. The, Iowa figured it out and beat him 49 to 7. And then, okay, we both beat Minnesota at Minnesota. Fine. They beat him 35 to 7. 
Sure, okay. Penn State, they beat them 41 to 21. 41. How do they figure out the Rubik's Cube? That is that is the cheerleader. That is James Franklin. How do they figure out that defensive Rubik's Cube? I don't know how, because it was mind-boggling to us. We couldn't figure it out. <sighs> and then, obviously, they beat Wisconsin. Well, I mean, the only time Wisconsin looks like world beaters this season is when they play us or Illinois. And you know what happened to Illinois' coach? Got fired. Hopefully, we'll be singing the same tune at the end of this season. I have plenty to say about what Harbaugh's doing and everything like that a little bit later. This might be a longer episode because I've got a lot to say, and I've been quiet over this last couple days of what's been going on with Crutes and Harbaugh and all this baloney. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to beat. I don't know if we're going to beat Iowa. Iowa has one of the most boring offensive schemes I have ever seen. It's even more boring than Wisconsin. At least Wisconsin understands who they are, right? They understand they're big, corn-fed white boys up front, and they run the ball, and they run it down your throat. And then now, they've even said, well, you know what? Let's, let's just, you know, skip and scat, and let's, let's do some funky stuff. And against Michigan, they look good with the, those, speed, uh, those speed sweeps and all that baloney. It doesn't work against anybody else. Northwestern spanked their ass. Same with... Iowa, apparently. No, everyone else can figure out the speed sweep against, except for Don Brown and his great defense. Oh, Don Brown. We we should have known. How could we ever think about firing Don Brown? Well, because everybody else figured out the speed sweep in high school. Don Brown still has no clue what, what's going on. He still thinks he, there's no problem with the Michigan's defense. I can't, I want I want us because we have way more talent than Iowa. And I want to send Harbaugh out on a good note. I hope, see, this is me hoping, putting it out there, right? Universe, are you listening? Please, please, football gods, please, college football gods, let Ward Emanuel reach down in between his legs and find that there are, there is manhood down there. Please, and let him fire his best buddy Harbaugh. They just pal around. They are the Michigan's version of Dumb and Dumber. I don't know which one's Harry and which one's Lloyd, but whatever they do, please, if they want to do reach around and jerk off sessions on each other, there's the off season. Let let them. Let, Harbaugh's not going to have a job, so you could go to his house. You guys can have plenty of sleepovers. Just get rid of Harbaugh, please. Dear God, please get rid of this man. I'm going to break down why the culture's gone. Well, I've already done why the culture's crap. But I'm going to pinpoint the moment when Harbaugh lost everything and he was basically a frog in a boiling pot. Dead, he just didn't know he was. And I'll break it down in a second. But with Iowa, it's just like they're boring. They are boring. I mean, the most interesting thing about Iowa was when they were when the coaching staff was accused of being racist. That was like I was like, wow, look at Iowa getting outside the box and actually doing something that is newsworthy for once in the. I mean, racist. Oh well. I mean, I don't approve of it, and I think it's absolutely lazy for anybody to hate anybody because of their skin color. I mean, people are 
garbage people in this world and you're going to hate someone because of their color of their skin? How lazy are you? That's like the fucking fast food version of racism. What is wrong with you? You can hate people for so many better reasons than the color of their skin. What a waste. What a waste of hating people. Like, no one dislikes people more than me. And color's like the last on the list of things to even be like, well, that's why I hate him. There's so many different reasons to hate someone and you're just lazy. What would you expect from Iowa? I mean, for God's sakes, they deal in corn. Corn, people! We're talking about corn! Like, what? Of course they're going to pick the laziest reason to hate someone. And I was like, that's the most interesting thing about you. But yet, here they are, six and two. Somehow in the big F and ten, these mother effers are six and two. Six and two. The, oh my God. How are they six and two? How are they just dominating people over the, even common opponents that we don't even, we look like we're blind people trying to read Braille for the first time playing these teams. And these guys are just whipping their ass like it's some type of SMN video, like some type of SMN video or, I know I screwed that up. Whatever, you know what I'm talking about. Bondage, people. I'm talking about bondage. Whips and chains. <sighs> what is going on? Why can't we have nice things? Why can't I just be happy? Why can't I be happy talking about Michigan football like I am talking about Michigan basketball, for God's sakes? You want to know why I'm not happy? Now we're going to, now we're going to get into this. The reason why I'm not happy is because Harbaugh sucks. Harbaugh, I really wanted to give him another chance. I did. I Because when I found out Harbaugh was going to be our coach, I was so excited. Probably like 95% of us. Maybe even a cool 100. We all thought, oh, thank God the man's coming back to, to lead us to the promised land. And I hate everything Harbaugh now. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Um, now, I'm going to get into where Harbaugh lost everybody. Where he even lost himself. And there's a few key, a few key reasons why this happened. But it, it's once I lay it out, I think you'll agree with me. This is what happened. But I think Harbaugh's gone. And I'll be honest with you. I know they've said that he's not going anywhere and he's told these recruits that he's not going anywhere. Whatever. But there's only one... There's Okay, there's two reasons why this could happen. Why they, why they have been so um, ignorant or even what seems to be uh, just against logic in how they've been handling this right so harbaugh and ward manuel said we're going to talk about this at the end of the season even though the end of the season is three days after the first national signing day and right now we have major recruits either trying to flip or try or not just not knowing limbo or they're flipping or then we also are losing Carpenter, which I heard was more of a I'm homesick type thing. I heard Rumler for some reason, but I've never seen anything outside of this one rumor. So I don't know if that's true. But still, the kids that are in the program are uneasy. The The recruits are coming in are uneasy, except for a few. And thank you, God, uh, JJ McCarthy. God bless you for being so fantastic. And 
hopefully being the nucleus that keeps this this recruiting class together. And I was thinking, okay, why isn't Harbaugh and why isn't Ward Manuel coming out and saying, yes, we have got it, we've got a contract where it's in principle. We're gonna we're gonna iron things out later. But yes, Jim Harbaugh is your man. And I can think of one reason, right? One reason is they already have agreed that Harbaugh is going to move on. Now, I don't know if this is true. This is all me thinking, which is a dangerous thing. But Harbaugh's are moving on. But they don't want to fumble things up like they did with the Les Miles situation from Lloyd Carr going into Les Miles. Les Miles, as we all remember, said, listen, whatever you do, I'm coming. I'm your guy. Just let me stay at LSU and work through this national title game and let's beat Ohio State and then all will come on. Everything will be great. Well, something happens. I think if you read into some books and some other blah, blah, whatever, sounds like Lloyd Carr decided he was going to ruin the parade for everybody. And if that's true, F you, Lloyd Carr. Um, and he ratted it. He, he let it leak to Herb Street, of course, crybaby Herb Street. You know, oh, I'm sorry. I know I called you a bunch of pussies and, oh, cowards, but I am so sorry. I didn't mean to say that. And then now everybody cannot unhear me say that because then everybody thinks I'm a good guy and I've always been un I've always been unbiased and I've always been fair, but now I've got to let my true Scarlet and Gray show and then now I can cry on national TV and people will forgive me. Well, the maniacs here don't forgive you, you little crybaby bitch. You fucking ruined it. You're an asshole, and I hope you get fired. I, I don't want to say that. I, it's COVID, and I don't want to ruin anybody's life for being canceled, for being a bitch, a 100% bitch. Kurt Herbstreit is a bitch, a whiny bitch. At least he should have owned it, but like, yeah, that's right. You're a bunch of cowards. I might be wrong in this, but I think you're cowards. I would, I, I would actually, I would actually respect him more if he did that than crying on national tv oh forgive me i didn't mean to do it Pfft. i don't even know where i'm at at this point but anyways i think they both agreed that harbaugh's not going to play i mean he's not going to coach anymore but they have their guy now i don't know who that guy is but he's still coaching my guess is that it's going to be matt campbell because december 19th Iowa State plays Oklahoma State for the Big Ten title game, right? That is played the same day as the final of championship week for us, or champions week for us. And then after that, it wouldn't shock me if they if they make the announcement Matt Campbell is our, is our guy. Because you don't want to screw up like we did with Les Miles and then leak something and then him say, no, I'm out. And then now all of a sudden, you have to either re-sign Harbaugh and beg him to come back for an extension or then find somebody else. Either way, it's going to be a nightmare. Or it might not even be Matt Campbell. But I'm assuming it's somebody who's currently coaching. It could be Luke Fickle. Who knows? I mean, Sarkeesian. It could be anybody at this point. I don't know who it is. But I'm assuming that's what it is. And if you start seeing players transfer out i think it's because harbaugh's told them i'm out of here 
and this is the person who's coming in, and they don't think they fit in that man's system. Is what that'd be my guess. That's my guess is that they already have their court, they already have their head coach, and they're just waiting for the right time to announce it. So with both being like, well, we'll take care of this at the end of the season, blah blah blah. I think that's what it is. Or, or they really are that dumb, and they are going to take care of it after the 19th, three days after. I'm only hoping that with their ignorance that they at least have a, a little bit of a little bit of smarts and they're calling up the recruits and saying, listen, yes, we haven't really come out and said Harbaugh's our guy, but he we are going to sign him. Guys, please come. He's got two years to show to prove himself. Please come to Michigan. He's our guy. So it, it, behind the scenes, they're contacting the recruits. It's one or the other. I, I can't make up my mind because every time I see one thing or the other, I mean, for heaven's sakes, my man on the ground, uh, I'm not even going to say who he is because I don't want to ruin any type of, uh, you know, like sources he may have. But my man on the ground that's kind of put his ear to the, the grindstone, kind of listened to the foot beats, you know, like the footsteps of, of recruits, we may have Edwards. Donovan Edwards may have secretly committed. Not sure. Can't wait to see. Can't wait to see because if it's true, my man on the ground, uh, God bless you. Love you, kid. Love you, love you, love you for giving me that little bit. Don't know if it's true, though. Uh, it's a little bit of an exclusive. If it works, then we look like we're geniuses. If it doesn't, hey, fuck it. We can't be any worse than Harbaugh. Um, so Donovan Edwards committed secretly going to come out and sign on signing day, uh, Wednesday, two days. So we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully that's where, that's what we're looking at. Um, so that's what I think, right? I think that's where we're at. I'm leaning more towards the Matt Campbell route. We already have our guy. We're just not trying to screw it up for him as he leaves Iowa State in the best shape possible, which is leaving them with a big, a Big Twelve title. Um, which I mean, look at what Iowa State's doing. I love this guy's culture. I love it. So let's get into culture, actually. Okay. Now, as y'all know, I think Harbaugh's culture sucks, ding a ling. It's awful. I think his approach when he was fully into it could have worked, even though it's kind of an awkward college slash I'm going to get you to the pros thing. But when he checked out, it became a cold, awkward, weird, I'm Harbaugh, oddball deal. And it just turns everybody off, right? It turns everybody off like a guy who doesn't like to suck toes, right? You're like sucking your aunt's toes at Thanksgiving. It's that awkward to look at. It's just not good. Um, so there's a few things that I think, so, okay, let me re, let me, uh, refocus this. So after I did the whole Harbaugh's culture is crap podcast, I started thinking and I started, I wanted to see what other head coaches felt. Uh, how do you make a great culture, right? How do you sustain one? How do you create one? How do you do all of that? What are the beginning, the, the, the building blocks? And I was not shocked in my thoughts because it's, I figured it was a lot like raising a kid, right? Because these, these are young men. But the culture is a lot like a parent setting up morals 
uh, you know, how this child, how their kid's going to live within these rules so this they grow to be productive people in the society. So if parents are doing it, why wouldn't coaches do it if they want to create a great culture? That was my thinking. If, if you're going to be a great coach, you're more than likely a great parent because you have this idea of how you move people forward. This is who we are. This is who we are. This is what you do. And if you go outside of these parameters, you will be punished for them, right? And you as a coach or a parent have to live hard and fast to these rules. So this way you can grow good people, good culture, good football. Um, and just like we all know, I was just like, well, I mean, you don't all know I was a psychology major. But when you when you start breaking down human behavior, the growth of a human being, you start to find out that most, you you download everything that this person's going to be up until they're about the age three. Everything they need to know needs to be downloaded into this kid by age three. And then you can, you know, adapt and then reform and do whatever, like little upkeeps. But the majority, the bedrock, the foundation of who this person is, is really created by age three. Shockingly enough, I did enough research, I found out that five coaches that I looked into all had close to the same answer. And it was, the culture needs to be built by year three. <laughs> wow, crazy. Year three. And you need to stay true to who you are and the rules of your culture and the beliefs of your culture. Because once one player, one player, does not buy in, or numerous players see that you that you treat others differently than those others on the team, creates division and starts to disintegrate your culture, to starts to disintegrate the foundation of your culture. So that's, therefore you have kids year three that are juniors going out, uh, going into either the NFL or going into real life. And if they haven't bought in by that time, they're not helping the younger kids who are coming in in year two, year three, and going on further and, you know, going into the future, right? You need the upperclassmen to be solid in the culture to help push forward the culture. So, the things that have really, really hurt Harbaugh are a few things, okay? And this is my opinion and my opinion only. And I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. One, he has been snake bitten with quarterbacks, right? Quarterbacks and injuries. And injuries at key times throughout the season. Now, take away 2015. Just because it was even if it was just his first year. No results really you need to worry about in this first year, even though he was wildly successful in his first year. 10-3, and Ruddock only got better as the season went on. So you're like, oh, look, this is the Harbaugh we know and that we expected. 2016, though, Spate. Fant I mean, fantastic year for, you have to remember, like stat-wise, he's not burning the pages up. You're not like, oh, look at it. He's not a Heisman contender by no stretch. But for the offense that Michigan had, the quarterback wasn't the star. It was the running game. Offensively, it was the running game. The running game created the passing game, right? 
So all the quarterback had to be was serviceable. All he had to do is be able to have a nice long ball, which you have to say Spate had a beautiful long ball. Beautiful long ball. And he made right decisions. He really had a great season up until when? When he played Iowa. And what happened to, in the Iowa game? He's either, I can't remember if he cracked his collarbone or if he separated his shoulder. One, something happened in that game that was our first loss of the season, right? And that was all the way, what, we, it was two games before Ohio State. We, I think we were ranked third, second or third in the nation at that point. He separates his shoulder, we lose, right? Then John O'Corn comes in against Indiana and we struggle to beat Indiana. Because of John O'Corn. Thank God for Davion Smith and I think his 200 yards rushing that day. But, so, quarterback having a great year. Gets hurt. does it, And then comes back for Ohio State. But you can tell he wasn't himself. He wasn't completely healed. He, I mean, for God's sakes, he had... He had a fumble on the on, on the goal line, and he threw two interceptions. One was a pick six. Not, I mean, and we JT was short, right? So injury derailed Harbaugh's solid quarterback. You, you cannot complain about what Spate did in 2016. Now, I was a big complainer about Spate in 2017 until I, I really looked at what was protecting him. It was one of the worst offensive lines we've ever had in Michigan history, right? Anyways, 2017. Finally, Rutgers happens. O'Corn gets tossed out of the game, thank God. And we get Brandon Peters, okay? Brandon Peters, go back and look at his three-game stretch that he had before he got hurt against Wisconsin. He actually was a very good... Now, remember... For the offense that Jim Harbaugh was doing at that point in time, all you had to do was have a decent long ball and he had to make pretty good decisions, right? Because the running game was going to sustain us. The running game was our heart and soul of everything. And we had Higdon and we had, you know, we had the running game going in 2017. But Peters came in for Rutgers. We won 35-14. Next week, Minnesota won 33-10. Then we beat Maryland at Maryland 35-10. Now, granted, they're not great teams, but Brandon Peters came in and did what he was supposed to do. He looked better than he looked better than O'Corn. He was able to make big, big throws downfield, dump off to the tight end, and hand off when he needed to to the running back. And he did everything that he was supposed to do. Hell, even go back and watch the highlight film of when they played Wisconsin. Deep pass to DPJ. I mean, he was looking good. We were up 10-7 until he got hurt. And I think it also was a shoulder injury. I think. I could be wrong. It could have been a knee. Either way, he got hurt, knocked out of the... I I think it was a knee. I think it was a knee. He got knocked out of the game. That also happened to be the week right before the Ohio State game. So now, back-to-back years... Our starting quarterback has been hurt and knocked out before we play Ohio State. And then guess who we have? O'Corn. And we still almost win that game. We we lost 31 to 20. 31 to 20. And as if you remember, O'Corn sails a freaking ball 10 feet over uh Gentry's head. If Peters was in that game, we would have beaten Ohio State. That's two seasons in a row that we had a very good chance 
if our quarterback was not hurt of beating Ohio State. So right now, our, our culture is good. I know 2017 was a great season, but it was it what we did all right. It wasn't it wasn't a killer yet. Like it was it was starting to show itself because here's the thing. O'Corn was a spoiled brat. Look, go back and watch Amazon's uh first and ten or whatever that now or never, whatever the hell that series is called for uh they have a sports thing on Amazon. Watch it. Michigan was on that for the two, 2017. Spate was a spoiled brat. O'Corn was a spoiled brat. They were prima donnas. Uh, Brandon Peters, quiet kid. Quiet kid. Uh, not, not a typical uh, Harbaugh quarterback. But strangely enough, Harbaugh recruited him. That was Harbaugh's first real recruit as quarterback. Um, but Spate, O'Corn, fit what will now become the mold that destroys Michigan, all right? And Harbaugh destroyed his culture and this team because of how he's handled these quarterbacks. They're prima donnas. And then 2018 happens, right? 2018 happens, and he gets Shea Patterson. I think Harbaugh saw Shea Patterson, and he fell in love fell in love with him, thinking that Shea Patterson was the Harbaugh 2.0. Because he's about the same... Well, no, Harbaugh's taller than Shea. But Harbaugh's like 6'3", surprisingly. Um, but Shea's like six foot, Mobile, scrappy, great arm. I mean, look at what he did at, at Ole Miss. What he did at Ole Miss was not anything what we got... Well, I kind of was, but he looked better doing it at Ole Miss. Uh, so I, I think Harbaugh promised the world to Shea's parents to get Shea to come to Michigan, right? And 2018, great, great season for Shea. I was a big Shea guy. I was like, the only thing Shea can't do is throw the long ball. That was it. He's always underthrowing kids. But outside of that, though, he made good decisions. He actually was a pretty decent quarterback for 2018. The reason why we lost to Ohio State was not Shea's fault in 2018. It was all Don Brown. So quarterback-wise, this is the beginning of the end, though. Because like we talked about in Harbaugh's culture episode, is that Shea Patterson... Harbaugh fell in love with him, and then he started to give him preferential treatment, right? And then Harbaugh does stuff in 2018 that really screws everything up as well, is that he doesn't fire Don Brown after that debacle. I mean, I don't know how you can be favored going into the game, being like, Ohio State looked like they were in shambles, should have lost to Maryland the week before, didn't look good at all, and throughout the whole season struggled, but then looked like world beaters against us. Don Brown shouldn't have survived that game. So Harbaugh not firing Brown led up to a disintegration of the culture, but also when Harbaugh uh, removed Devin Bush as the team MVP because he wouldn't play in the bowl game because he was hurt, and sat out so he could also get ready for the NFL draft, which, fine. If that's what you want to do, God bless you. 
and he's been doing great. I hope he heals up and he looks fantastic next season too for the Steelers. But removes him as team MVP and then puts Chase Winovich in there, which is a crack in the foundation of the culture saying, I don't care you as a team who you vote for. I don't care what you think. It's me and me only because I'm the head coach. I will dictate who becomes what and does what because if now I will allow you to have the same thoughts as me as long as they correspond with what I believe in. And that was another part of it. So then 2019 comes in. And I'm sure Shea got plenty of preferential treatment all through 2018. Probably well deserved. 2019 offseason, Shea doesn't learn the playbook. New offensive coordinator. He's too busy playing golf. But guess what? Harbaugh's not probably telling him anything. Gaddis makes no, you know, like says some stuff throughout the, you know, through the press and all that. Shea comes out, gets hurt immediately in the first game, but still will not take Shea out until three games later and the set, well, two and a half games later because we're already down like 28 to nothing against Wisconsin, and he finally takes him out for Dylan McCaffrey, right? Forced to do it. Still showing preferential treatment to Shea. Why would you ever, like, if your quarterback is hurt, put, it's not like Dylan McCaffrey didn't have experience, but he the way Harbaugh handles his quarterbacks it's like he's he thinks okay well we've got this guy he's our starter then you are clearly uh, Dylan you're our number two and then Milton you're our number three based solely off of the time you've been here because I'm going to screw up the years but Dylan you're a sophomore Milton you're a freshman there's no way Milton you can ever jump over Dylan because Dylan has been here longer Dylan deserves to start instead of who's better who's going to get us wins now granted I think that year Dylan was still better than Milton and obviously as we've seen whatever so people started to see how Harbot started treating preferential like the preferential treatment prefer ah, whatever treatment of Shea Patterson and that started to create factions. One team Patterson, one team Dylan. And that, if your team is starting to tribalize itself, like break up in little tribes on who they who they support and who they love the most, not good for the culture. Not good for the culture. Shea stinks for the majority of that season and then finally puts it all together. And then, still not voted the captain of the team. And Harbaugh then makes him team captain. So, the team didn't vote him captain. He got preferential preferential treatment from Harbaugh. Didn't learn the playbook. Everyone's like, well, look. This kid's getting treated better than we are. He's got different rules than we are. And that starts everybody looking at what Harbaugh really is right? Also, he loves prima donnas. Shea Patterson, prima donna. Spate, prima donna. O'Corn, prima donna. And then also, I'm sure Dylan McCaffrey, I've heard some things, prima donna. Loves prima donnas. And then everything I've heard about Joe Milton, prima donna. Only prima donnas, when they get pulled out of games, say, well, you know what? I'm going to transfer and I'm going to drop 50 on them next time I come here. That's not somebody who's just like, you know what? Yeah, I kind of stunk today. Okay, I get it, right? That's not team first. That's me first. And every quarterback he's had has been a prima donna up until Cade McNown. I really thought, maybe I'm crazy. But then also, okay, let's get into 2020, right? 
two, uh, well, before we get into 2020, 2019, all that stuff happens, right? Uh, Harbaugh does the whole Shea thing. And then still, he doesn't fire, he doesn't fire uh, Don Brown after another 56-27? 56-27. That doesn't get you fired? Two back-to-back years where your rival scores over 50 points easily, mind you, and you don't get fired. So you have preferential treatment for Shea Patterson, preferential treatment for an old geezer where the, the football or where offensive has the offensive game has passed by your defensive philosophy to all culminates in 2020 where you've got the prima donna Milton who outdueled or Harbaugh and the other prima donna Dylan McCaffrey fought and McCaffrey's like I don't need this I'm out of here and left and took a year off a year off I don't know if you know anything about quarterbacking but you don't take a year off and think you're going to be great. Anyways, Milton, not good. Prima Donna. Pouts when he gets taken off to the sideline. If, if any of these are true, so I'm only building my theory off of this. Cade McNamara comes in. Cade McNamara comes in in Wisconsin. Automatically moves the team down, we score. Looks good. Understands the offense. Does everything that... that uh, Gaddis needs to be successful in this offense. Boom. Net goes up against Rutgers. Makes our offense look, look amazing. Looks Makes it look like it's efficient, moving, well-oiled machine. Bang, bang, bang. Then the first drive against Penn State. We looked good. We moved down the ball. And then all of a sudden, what happened? Injury. So basically, we had the same scenario happen over and over and over again. Harbaugh has prima donna quarterbacks, but then one does real well, gets hurt, then the other prima donna, who isn't as good, comes back in, stinks up the joint, and then, I mean, 2017 is just like 2020. Yeah, John, it just, it's a mess. I mean, it's all about how he's handled the quarterbacks and the defensive coordinator. If he would have handled these correctly, instead of having this weird Oh, Shay's my guy. He looks just like me. And then all of a sudden, I can't do anything. I've always got to prop up Shay because I'm propping up myself. I, I got to take care of me is what he's trying to say. And then all of a sudden, he it just 2020 was a mess. I'm getting frustrated thinking about this. Just the way he's handled the quarterback situation and the way he handled Don Brown has completely destroyed whatever little semi-culture he had going. And now it's over. It's done. No one trusts him. No one believes in him. You can listen to podcast after podcast saying that somehow, some way, he hasn't lost the kids. He's lost them. It's over. It's done. I think the only smart thing that this that they have done, hopefully, is that they haven't repeated what they did when Lloyd Carr left with Les Miles. Right? I would have loved to have seen what a Les Miles. Michigan team could have been leading up to Harbaugh. And I, we, our, our futures could have been way different, way different. Yeah, so that's it. That's just, I, I think Harbaugh lost that team in 2000. The, the signs were showing in 2017. 2018, even though it was a semi-successful season, was really the end of what Harbaugh was. 
Like, he really put the death nail into his culture with Shea Patterson. The death nail was Shea Patterson and Don Brown. 100% because it really showed to everyone else on the team that he does not care about you. He cares about Shea Patterson and his feelings and that old geezer who can't figure out slants. And that's what happened. And that's where we're at. So I hope you guys actually found that entertaining. And hopefully, um, I hope you agree with it. If not, but you know, go in the comments and let me know. I mean, you might actually have something there. I, I'm willing to listen. Once again, you leave anything stupid, I mean, and literally stupid. I don't care. Ohio State fans, actually, some of you guys, I love. Actually, I, I really enjoy talking to some of you Ohio State fans because some of you are actually logical people who... You know, who are just as passionate about your team as we are about ours. And I and I appreciate that and I actually love that. But if you're going to say stupid shit, right, get ready for me to make just a ton of fun on you. I am going to roast you. I will destroy you. And here's the thing. You can't win because I record and I do this. All you can do is type away and then I can just ignore it. But guess what? No one gets to ignore this. And if, yeah, sure, you don't have to listen, but I'm still going to roast your ass. So if you want to leave something stupid, go right ahead at your own peril. But if you actually have a good point, I'm willing to listen to it. I am willing to listen to it. Um. Anyways, guys, I think, I hope we beat Iowa. I really do. I hope Cade McNamara is healthy. I hope uh, Joe Milton doesn't... Uh, isn't a prima donna. I doubt it because he sounds just like one. Um, I don't know. I, I want to be hopeful for the last game of the season because I'll be honest with you. There are two Iowa fans that I work with, and I swear to God Almighty, if we lose and I have to hear two uneducated takes about why Iowa is better than Michigan, I am going to run them over with my tug and that's a vehicle that is about two tons and can care and that and pulls about three thousand pounds of bags and freight and all this other kind of stuff i'm going to run them over i am going to break this old man's hip and i'm going to rip his leg out of his socket and then i'm going to beat to death the big fat one that is going to say something to me i swear to god harbaugh you are going to make me permanently disable an old man and beat to death a big fat person who I just I, I'm telling you I don't want to do this they're not bad people but if I have to hear an uneducated uneducated take by an Iowa fan an Iowa fan Iowa what have what what ha, where have we gone when a Michigan football fan has to listen to an Iowa fan, listen, I know that sounds elitist and that sounds arrogant. I get it. Check the tape. We are vastly better in almost every way. But this one stupid season, this one stupid, stupid season, we've I've got to open myself up to uneducated takes by the dumbest people on earth. And I'm not even saying about these Iowa people. There are people I work with who 
barely know college football and they think they know Michigan. I've got people who barely watch college football and they're going to come up and they're going to tell me what's wrong with Michigan football. I've got to deal with this because Harbaugh's an asshole. Why, why, why do I have to? Because I put myself out there. I want to answer that question already because I put myself out there. I get it. Are you happy? I understand. Fuck off. Why can't I have nice things? Why can't I just have nice things? I don't know. I've been I've been a good fan. I've been good to people. I've been good to why can't I why can't I have nice things? Now I know how my mom feels every Thanksgiving when we break something. I just I just want nice things. I just want to be happy about Michigan football. And I I, I just I don't think that's much to ask. I just I really don't think it's much to ask. We give every coach the world. The world to be successful. This mother effer made $8 million a year. And this is what we get. $8 million a year. We get a bullshit culture. So him and his big fat friend, Ward Manning, could jerk each other off and then just dick around with a fucking the heritage and the tradition of Michigan football. This is what we get. $8 million a year. You can jerk off your big fat friend and you can do whatever the fuck you want. Wow, that's great. I'm so happy about Michigan football. <sighs> I don't get it. <laughs> I just, I... All right. Well, it's something to be a Michigan Wolverine fan. I was going to say it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. I want to believe that. I want my life to be that again. I want to have nice things. Anyways, we'll see what happens. You're going to get a reaction episode. It's going to happen. Saturday night. It's, it's going to happen. So let's hope it's a good one. I don't know. Well, let's hope. Because if not, I feel bad for that old person and that extremely fat person at work. Because I am, they're going to be out on OJI. I am going to break the law. So I don't know what to tell you. Obviously, no one called the cops. I'm kidding. This is comedy. Um... So anyways, you know, it's great to be it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. Yeah, and always and forever guys, go blue.